When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. We are just five days away from Super Bowl 58 between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Tonight, being Monday, February 5th, was media night. So the Chiefs and the Niners in the same building together, meeting for the first time, coming together for the first time prior to their uh, Super Bowl bout to end the season at Allegiant Stadium. And today we are going to discuss not what happens in between the gridiron, in between the white lines, or what's going to happen on Sunday between these two teams exactly. But today we're actually going to talk about the other non-controllable things that always seem to get brought up during the Super Bowl. Uh, for instance, the referees, things are rigged. Oh, the refs are going to make a big deal of this and big deal of that. Are they going to call holding on the Chiefs when Nick Bose is about to get to Patrick Mahomes? That's a big one. Every fan base screams, refs, refs, refs. Oh, blame them, blame this. Is the NFL rigged? Can you blame the NFL script? We're going to dive into all of that because this game... Not only is it the biggest game of the year, but the opponent for San Francisco brings with themselves uh, some uncontrollable things for San Francisco. One being Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, how overprotected he is. Uh, the, the biggest one being Taylor Swift, right? Is the NFL going to, uh, to, to pander to the Swifties? Is that going to cost San Francisco... A Super Bowl. So I want to start off by shouting out Jeff Cole on Instagram. Jeff, uh, he DM'd me, and this was essentially his question. You know, he doesn't buy into the rigged part of the NFL. He doesn't buy into the whole scripted part. But you know, are there reasons to worry about the external things you just can't control on the football field? And to start off, the first one that Jeff brought up simply was the refs. Uh, Bill Vinovich, if you know him, he's ref for a really long time, but um, he was the ref the last time the Niners played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Uh, in that game, he called five penalties for 45 yards against San Francisco, being his whole crew did. Uh, two of them, or one of them, excuse me, being a 15-yard OPI on George Kittle towards the end of the first half, maybe cost San Francisco three points. The other one being a no-call, didn't call holding on Kansas City, which would have negated the Chiefs' massive third and 15, which in return may have given San Francisco the win. Uh, so he calls five penalties for 45 yards on San Francisco and only calls four penalties for 24 yards on the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Uh, and again, Bill Vinovich has been, at least in my mind, as a, as a Niner fan, hoping to get his first Lombardi trophy. Uh, he has been uh, one of the biggest veins in my existence saying, oh, if it wasn't for you, Bill, if it wasn't for you. Uh, and the reason why he's being brought up here, because he's refing the game on Sunday again for the Super Bowl. And look, uh, I will say this, that my biggest issue with referees in all the sports is that one, they're so darn inconsistent, but two, it's they pick and choose their spots and they can never really pick a lane and stay in it, right? You can be bad. I'd rather you be consistently bad than all over the place. I mean, now, I'd rather you be good, but be like Angel Hernandez in baseball. Be awful so we know not to put you in the biggest game of the year, <laughs> right? There's a reason why he's not getting World Series games done by her. He's bad all the time, and the MLB said, look, we're not going to risk Angel Hernandez turning a World Series game upside down. I wish the same was for the Super Bowl, because Bill Vinovich, who, again, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm, 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 I'm sure he is. But he's the same guy who I believe refed the Niners' loss on Christmas Day this year against the Ravens. You know, it's Christmas night, national media, Monday night football. Oh, who's that throwing flags? Oh, it's Bill Vinovich's crew. And in that game, San Francisco was flagged 10 times for 102 yards. All of that to say doesn't mean that those flags weren't worth it. Doesn't mean that San Francisco wasn't actually uh, causing penalties. They weren't holding. Uh, they weren't doing DPIs and OPIs and face masks and whatnot, right? It's not to say don't call flags. It's not to say uh, don't do your job. What it is to say is just do it fairly, right? Um, for Chiefs fans, it's a little different. You have Mahomes. It's like when the, the Patriots had Tom Brady, right? Where they were already a really good team. And the NFL likes to protect their quarterbacks, likes to protect their dynasties, per se, which the Chiefs are a budding dynasty, already have two Super Bowls in, what, five seasons now. They're incredible, right? Uh, and this is not Kansas City's fault. No one's blaming Mahomes or no one's blaming Andy Reid. Like, the Chiefs are, in a sense, exonerated from this. It's just the NFL. Like, you cannot put Bill Vinovich out there have him call all these penalties during the season. And if you look at his record, look at the numbers. He is the best referee when it comes to uh, uh, focusing on the over-under. He is consistently under. So essentially, you can get flagged 10 times on Christmas. Maybe 75% of those are worth it, and, and they're actually flags. So be it. But Vinovich is prone to letting guys play in the Super Bowl. This goes back to, hey, I just need you to be consistent. If you're going to call it holding in the first quarter, you got to call it in the fourth. If you're going to call holding in week eight, you got to call holding in the biggest game of the year with the game on the line. Like, 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 I'm all for letting guys play. I'm all for letting DBs and receivers go at it. But what you can't do is call a penalty in the NFC Championship game one or two weeks prior to, then not call it the next week. You are giving players, whether it's Mooney Ward, Lenore, uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, Rashid Rice, like good players that have earned the right to be where they are playing in the biggest game of the year, 
what you can't do is essentially take the game out of their hands. And I think for San Francisco 49er fans, part of it is the desperation of wanting to get a championship so bad. But also I think it's the fact that we've seen it twice. Um, no, I, I'm not blaming the refs for you know having us lost against the Ravens and the Chiefs, but um, especially against the Chiefs, uh, there were a handful of calls that just were not were not blown as flags. And I think for Niner fans, you see Niners Chiefs rematch 2019 and the exact same teams, but also the exact same refs. And that does give you nightmares of like, oh my God, like, here we go again, man. And it does give you pause to say like, is the NFL gonna work some magic against us here? I don't believe the NFL is scripted. <laughs> um, too many crazy things happen for that to occur. But I will say this, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but for this instant, put your hat on for one second. Be like, what is it, Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix in Signs. Put your tinfoil hats on for one second here and protect your brainwaves from the aliens. Um, just, the NFL can control games. Not saying they do, but like any powerful structure in the country, you have power, how do you control the outcome? Well, you put forces in place, like in this case, the referees, to dictate some outcomes, to call a flag here or there, to don't call flags here or there, to make sure play. Hey, like, I do wonder, and again, I'm not complaining about this, but I, I, I do wonder, had Tyreek Hill not caught the ball on third and 15, do they call holding? Now, there are plenty of times in football, they wait to see the outcome, then call a flag. Um, is that right? No, it, it's not. <laughs> but there are times when they do. So I understand refs, you know, the referees being a major part of contention for Niner fans. Like, you do not want to see Bill Vinovich's name in letting guys play all year long or vice versa, calling flags left and right in the biggest game of the year, letting guys play is when it's like, hey, Bill, like, I saw you two weeks ago and that was a flag. He's pushing me down on my route. That's a flag. Please call it. And Bill's like, you know what, man? I'm going to let you guys play. Because what happens is, and this is almost a lesson to be learned for San Francisco, the more physically dominating team is likely going to get away with those calls. Uh, the issue is, in every big game, what you don't want to get caught into is a trap of, we're physical for three and a half quarters, and with nine minutes left, we are that same level of physicality all the way through, but with nine minutes, that's a flag now. And you're like, Bill, I've been doing it the whole game. Why is it a flag now? Like, it's tough. Like, it's tough to be a ref, but also, if you are not consistent, it puts it puts players in unfortunate situations. Like, my mind, for as funny as it is, goes back to James Bradbury last year. Was it a holding call? Sure. Probably was. I guarantee you, you can pull tape of the other, what, 17, 19 games they played, it wasn't the holding call. And you're like, seriously? I know we all love to watch Eagles fans lose, but putting ourselves in their shoes because we have been there before, if it's a holding call week one, it's a holding call in the freaking Super Bowl. If it's a PI in week one, it better be one in the Super Bowl. 
players and fans alike get used to seeing, hey, that's a flag, that's a flag on every broadcast. They have analysts that are former refs come on and say, well, you know, hi, I'm Dean Blandino, sports rule expert here. Here's why this is a flag. They, they openly explain and try to analyze why certain plays and flags are you know, either should be called or shouldn't be called. You are training the listener and the viewer to say, okay, like, that's a flag. In the biggest game of the year, you don't do that. Imagine being a player. Like, your whole life, you've trained for this moment. In the biggest moment of your career, what wasn't a flag now is a flag. You're like, oh, <laughs> like, okay, so... In this case, why the refs could be a massive, I guess, nightmare or the worst case scenario, why Niner fans could be worried about them is the fact that you can get caught in the trap of being so physically dominant and imposing for three and a half quarters. But if you're down by three or you're up by three and Mahomes is marching, all of a sudden, Here's a holding call on Mooney Ward. Here's DPI on Gibson. Here's illegal contact on Lenore. And you're like, we just gave him 35 free yards. We just gave him 70 free yards. Oh my God. We gave the game away. But in reality, it was a holding call, sure. But it wasn't a quarter ago. I think for Niner fans, and really for every NFL fan, uh, all you're wanting is consistency. So do I think it's something to be worried about? It always is. The reality of it is what you're hoping happens is Niners come out, dominate offensively, and don't put themselves in a position for that to happen. That is the only way to almost avoid the refs. Um, and if you are the refs, just let the guys play. If you're going to let them play, let them play for four quarters. Don't be all, yeah, you know, go out there and go nuts. Go, go crazy. Grab whatever you want. Touch whatever you want. DPIs, OPIs, nothing counts. Then it's like, all right, guys, game on the line. Mahomes has to have this drive. <laughs> well, you know, tighten the screws up. All right, now that's a flag. You see anything, you better call it. And it's like, you almost, it's not rigging. It's not scripting. It's just nudging the game in a certain direction. For San Francisco, this brings us to Mahomes, right? Um, Patrick Mahomes is amazing. He's awesome. I hate him. <laughs> um, as most fans do, they dislike greatness because they want to have that. There is envy there. Now, um, this year is a little different, right? Brock Purdy's in San Francisco having an MVP type of season. Um, but you just look at what Mahomes has done, the way he's talked about, the way the media carries him. And it speaks about him, rightfully so. He's again, he's amazing. You just hope. Again, this goes back to, to, to Tom Brady, Manning, Flacco, Roethlisberger, and others. Nick Foles, <laughs> right? Like you, every time you lined up against Tom Brady, you're just hoping you don't get, you know, the NFL behind him. Like they don't need any more help, please. And and so and we did see this somewhat in 2019, albeit lesser, but we saw it even against the Lions. Like Purdy, albeit hard to see, was hit helmet helmet contact. That same thing happened in the Super Bowl in 2019. Jimmy G's running out of bounds, gets hit late, no flag, and it's like, hey, 
Like, what are we doing? Jimmy G also hit in the face on a throw. No flag called. Now, would that have changed the outcome? Who knows? But in during that time, it's like, hey, <laughs> like, that's a flag. Don't... And again, it... It goes to every elite quarterback ever. Rodgers, Brady, Manning, blah, blah, whoever it is. They are going to get favoritism. They're going to get protected. If the NFL values you as a player, whether it's by making money or, you're at, or, or, or your status as a player, your top five quarterback, you're the number one quarterback in this case, they're going to value your health and they're going to make sure you get the call more often than someone like Brock Purdy who's not supposed to be here, Right. Um, now you would think the NFL would get behind one of the greatest stories ever, but I don't write the script, <laughs> right? But what I think is frustrating for Niner fans, and I do wonder if this was Jeff's kind of big point, is take today, take Monday, February 5th, right? I was only going to discuss refs and Taylor Swift. <laughs> now I'm talking about field conditions on the practice field. So if you don't know by now, um, the Niners lost their mind, their marbles, you could say, because they flew from Santa Clara to Las Vegas. Not a far flight, but far enough. You're playing in the Super Bowl. Everything is supposed to be perfect before you even get there. But San Francisco, while they practiced last week, got their game plan all set up, they got it all installed, and had only planned a walkthrough, today being Monday, San Francisco arrived in Las Vegas with a massive storm taking over the West Coast. My fences got blown over, got destroyed. Like, there was so much debris. The storm was awful. That storm, to a portion of Vegas, hit. There was rain everywhere. Unfortunately for San Francisco, they don't get to practice in the Raiders' indoor facility at Allegiant Stadium. That goes to the home team, and this case is the Chiefs. Now, before you go say, well, why can't we do all that? Like, why do they get inside and we don't? The reality of it is, the home team gets to pick where they want to practice. They flip-flop every single year. Had San Francisco made the Super Bowl last year, they've been the home team they get to pick, and vice versa. It just how the cards fell. But San Francisco is practicing at UNLV. They put like a million dollars, a billion dollars into their sports facilities. And the NFL was supposed to have sod, natural grass, laid on top of the UNLV football field artificial turf. I do wonder, and I'm not sure about this, if Shanahan and co. said, hey, we don't like turf, we want to play on natural grass, and I don't know how long the NFL had to get that ready to go. If they had to wait and it was a request by San Francisco, they had one week. If it wasn't a request by San Francisco, which usually grass, sod, turf, facility management are taken place of and things are approved in December. So if that last part is the case, they've had a month and a half to get this thing figured out. When San Francisco arrived Monday morning for a walkthrough practice, they were livid. They were pissed. They were not pleased as to what the 
practice facility looked like. Again, they wanted sod over the turf, which I don't think is too crazy, but the NFL didn't lay the sod till last week, again, which usually requires a handful of testing and is approved in December, not the week prior to or the week of the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, come on. And the issue with the field wasn't just the rain. It wasn't, oh, it rained, it's wet. That was not the issue. The issue was the hardness and the firmness level of the field was not up to par. So if you want some nerdy numbers here, the firmness level, the hardness score for the NFL field averages to 78. No field, whether it's the Commanders, San Francisco, the Raiders, the Chiefs, none of their fields have a score, a hardness score of less than 70. The practice field in which San Francisco was expected to practice on, install their game plan on, get ready for the biggest game of the year on, the Super Bowl on, had a score in the 50s per ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What? Again, I have no idea if San Francisco requested this to happen. And of course, no one knows who's going to play in the Super Bowl until the conference championship games occur and are over, right? So if that's the case and the NFL didn't know, I can give them some leniency with the rain happening, trying to plan sod. Things happen, okay. But like what? How do you not want both of your teams to have an equal opportunity to practice? Now, again, San Francisco smartly practiced hard last week, but... Here's the thing, is that despite the NFL saying it's not a health and safety issue, because of course it's not, and despite it only being a walkthrough today, every Niner player, Kittle, Shanahan, Purdy, Warner, every leader said, hey, we have to stick to our routine. If, if you're going to bed at 7 p.m., go to bed at 7 p.m. If you're at practice at 6 a.m., which they're not, but if they were... Make sure you practice every single day at 6 a.m. If you're on the freaking toilet every day at 2.30, make sure you're on the toilet every day at 2.30. Do not break your routine. The NFL essentially said, F it. They're going to break the routine. <laughs> Giving, or at least throwing off, a schedule for San Francisco. So, there are now three options. You either just practice there and get over it, you find somewhere else to practice, which is going to be hard, the week of the Super Bowl, to find a place to practice. It was it was hard for my Little League baseball team to find a park to practice on that didn't have concrete or a ton of weeds or was, or was kept correctly. Well, it should be easier for the NFL in the Super Bowl week to find a place. Um, 
these arrangements are made months and months prior to. Which is why the field should have been done months and months prior to. Or there is a third option, which is, hey, Chiefs, can we use Allegiant Stadiums in Allegiant Stadium indoor facility? Now, San Francisco asked Kansas City. They said no, as, as they should. Why would they say, oh, we have an advantage here. Let's not use it. I don't blame KC for doing so. But if you are the NFL, you should enforce fairness. <laughs> you should enforce there being, you know, non-competitive edges occurring because you messed up. Not because there's a better roster or better coaches or whatnot, or you know, better game plans, you know, being written up and drawn together. Because you didn't put the field together right. San Francisco has to suffer. Now, Kyle Shanahan tonight did say that the field's getting better. And it's looking better. But the Niners were pissed so much that per the Athletic, per Matt Barrows of the Athletic, San Francisco contemplated flying back to Santa Clara after tonight just to practice, then flying back for the game. Essentially treating it as a normal week as you're flying on Thursday, Monday morning, right? It's gotten to the point of as of one day, not many days have gone by, but one day, the Chiefs have had a one-day advantage. There's no stress involved there. You don't have to have your maintenance guy and your facilities guy. And the worrisome of the coach and player saying, hey, like, the Chiefs are inside. There's no rain. There's no worry about, in my, in my storm, is the field wet? None of that falls on Kansas City. They get the jug and say, ooh, it's so nice and warm and cozy in here. Meanwhile, San Francisco is outside, which normally isn't a problem. But then you add in, it's been raining, and it's been gross, and it's a crappy field. So much so that it was MetLife Stadium turf-like. Now, if you know San Francisco, how anti-turf these guys are in 2020, when Jimmy G snaps an ankle, what is it, Raheem Mostert like, hurts his foot. Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas both tear their ACLs in the exact same day. Like, they have a right to be like, we're not playing on this crappy field. We're not playing on MetLife Stadium turf, where everyone seems to get hurt, and the entire league has players everywhere being like, get rid of the turf, give us natural grass. All of that to say that, yeah, Niner fans have a right to wonder... Is the NFL trying to screw us? I don't think they are. This was not this was not the plan. <laughs> but it's like so you toss in the refs that already, you know, has not been in our favor a handful of times. Then this whole field debacle, and it's like, oh my god, like you couldn't get one field prepped for a week of time? Seriously? You've had months to advance this? And, and it's not like this hasn't happened before in the biggest game of the year for the NFL. This happened last year, where Eagles fans, and even some KC fans, and players were complaining how, the, how bad the field conditions were. And if it happened once, why would you not do everything in your power to make sure it doesn't happen again? So, Jeff, if you are one of those people that's like, look, I don't believe in the script, I don't believe in things being rigged, 
But if you had the refs in there that, you know, have not been on our best side or, or behind us, and, and no one's asking for favoritism, it's fairness, right? You already have the refs who have kind of been in the Chiefs' pocket before, and you are, now you have these field conditions happening. Like, my God, what's next? And then you go, oh, wait. Yeah, you know, freaking Taylor Swift. Not the Swifties. And it's funny. It, it, it's so funny. Me and my fiancé. My fiancé loves Taylor Swift. Um, me, not so much. She's not my thing. I don't hate her. Nothing against her, really. Um, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, but my fiancé doesn't watch football like I do, which is really... <laughs> it's almost like it's a religion to this point, which is pretty bad. But I digress. Um, she doesn't know the history, or at least you know, the modern era of football. And she was like, I don't know why people care so much about Taylor Swift. And I told her, I was like, look, said the reality of it is, I don't turn on football to watch Taylor Swift. If I see her, I don't care. Um, it'd be the same thing of seeing, you know, Kristen Juszczyk or Claire Kittle. I love them. They're great, right? I support what they do. They're this team's you know, kind of like the Kardashians, but better because they don't do things I don't like. But but still, like, they are popular because they are the wives of really good football players. Same as Taylor Swift, an amazing artist, what, Grammys all over the place, whatever, like, great for her. She's dating Travis Kelsey. They show wives and husbands often when athletes play. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it at all. But... I was telling her, I said, go back to like the mid-2000s when it was Jessica Simpson and Carrie Underwood up there in the booth for Tony Romo. And look, Dallas Cowboys, we hate them, right? But when I was younger during those times, I was like, get her off the screen. No one cares about Jessica Simpson. Who cares? You know, all that stuff. But the reality of it is like, look, like, does it matter? No. But... This is not Jessica Simpson. This is not Carrie Underwood. This is full force. We're going to make sure Taylor Swift has a storyline in this game. And it's funny because, you know, again, I don't buy into the conspiracy of, you know, they're going to make sure the Swifties win this one. She won a Grammy. Now Kelsey has to win a Lombardi trophy. And Travis Kelsey made a point tonight to make a comment about this, being like, hey, like, she won her hardware, I have to bring some home too. And that sent shivers down my spine, because I was like, I don't believe in the whole conspiracy of, you know, the Swifties are going to get you and all this stuff. But it's like, man, like, what if it's true? <laughs> I'm like, well, what if this is the case? What if I should buy into, the, you know, this craziness, right? Uh, but... You know, sit back and, whether you believe in it or not, Taylor Swift is a massive, massive name. And the big fear, I guess, of what Jeff was saying and what many other people have said, not just Niner fans, but over time, that, oh, great, you know, she is now tied to a team that's already won two Super Bowls, probably the greatest quarterback of the past, what, I don't know, four or five seasons in Mahomes, He's an, MVP, he's an MVP winner. He's graced an ad and cover twice. <laughs> now Kelsey is doing commercials everywhere. He has a podcast. His mom is now famous. And now his, his girlfriend's famous now. Which, 
again, it's it's Taylor Swift, famous elsewhere first, on her own accord, mind you. Albeit she is a nepo baby, but but still, um, <laughs> but still, like you have that much star power behind a team, a player. It does lend to two sides of the argument. One being my favorite is um, it's awesome to watch those players fail. I look at Derek Jeter. How many people did he date? Or even A-Rod, right? Jennifer Lopez and, and others in that group of like, this guy is dating supermodels everywhere. And the media just laps up them failing. Then there's the other side. Of, oh my goodness, they're a match made in heaven. Their sweethearts is a Grammy winner and a Lombardi Trophy Super Bowl winner. Travis Kelsey, three time. Oh my God. And you're like, oh, I, I, I just can't take this. This is going to give the NFL so much money. <laughs> going to give them so much support. You cannot tell me that Taylor Swift fans, and go on Twitter, go on X, go on any social media platform, the Swifties are out in full force. You even mention her name in a negative light, or not even criticizing her, but criticizing the NFL for pushing her so hard, which again, I can care less. They will eat you alive like a hyena. <laughs> they are crazy. And, and my fiance isn't one of those nutbags, but it does lend to the maybe insane argument of like, hey, so... The refs are on KC's side, or the NFL might push hard to regulate us a little more than them because they have the star power. We don't. They've won twice. We haven't. They have the QB. We have a, a good QB, but he isn't Mahomes. Then there's the, you know, the field conditions weren't good, and like they already screwed us for one day. Does it, you know, does it continue to happen during the week? Like it's affecting preparation. Then there's Swifties. Of like, the NFL could make bank. Like, just imagine how much money they would make. How much pu publicity they would have. If in the end zone, on the 50-yard line, for one, Kelsey scores a touchdown and points to Taylor Swift. And she's like, oh my god, he scored for me. Oh, oh I just can't believe it. On the other end, imagine if they win and they're going to kiss on the stage and that picture is going to be everywhere. It is going to create an iconic moment, not just in NFL history, in pop culture history. It's not, oh, Nick Foles gets a trophy outside of the link. That's great for Nick. Wow. This is like groundbreaking. Like almost never been done before kind of thing. Like this is... In a way, it's like the Avengers of the NFL and pop culture combining, right? You know, this is the end game. This is Thanos and, and, and Captain America and Iron Man all forming together. And you're like, what the heck is going on, man? Like, what do we do? And so, again, I'm not saying Jeff Cole was going this crazy overboard with it, but it does lend credence to, like, man, like, San Francisco has a pretty quiet head coach, albeit heralded as one of the best minds in the league. Been around for a long time in Kyle Shanahan. But has quiet little Christian boy, Brock Purdy, who wants to offend nobody, wants to play football, and has openly said, it's not about me, 
It's about my team. And if I have their love and appreciation and I'm fighting for them, that's all that matters. You have Christian McCaffrey, similar guy, doesn't talk much, just goes out there and plays hard. Nick Bosa, the quietest guy ever. <laughs> Defensive player of the year goes out there and plays hard. And it's funny because San Francisco doesn't lack accolades. Defensive player of the year, the most pro bowlers this year, two MVP finalists, or, you know, in my case, they have one for certain. They have an offensive player of the year likely winner in Chris McCaffrey and the coach of the year finalist in Kyle Shanahan. They have accolades everywhere. They have all pros everywhere. Yet somehow it feels like we're the underdog, right? Somehow it feels like we have to be worried about getting screwed over. Like, take away Mahomes. Take away the, uh, the opposition. If I just said Niners, roster, accolades, Pro Bowls, all pros, award winners, you'd be like, oh, this is the freaking 1999 Yankees. This is the 2007 Yankees. This is a dynasty. But in actuality, it's simply a team, maybe a fan base, that is like, well... The NFL doesn't really love us <laughs> as much as they love one player, maybe two players, and one of the guy's girlfriends. Like, man. Like, I think about it this way. Like, do you care about Brock Purdy's parents? I don't. Like, they're great people. I'm happy he's a quarterback here. But, like, it's a great story. They seem like to, agree to be great people. But, like, okay, like... I don't need to know more about them. Like, I'm I'm good. Like, the Niners, in a way, aren't bankable. They're not... Well, Purdy should be. But they're not sellable. Which sounds silly. But it's true compared to Kansas City. Like, the Chiefs are sellable, right? MVP, Mahomes you know, Tom Brady, like, they were going back and forth early in his career. They played in the Super Bowl against each other. Kelsey and so like, the Chiefs are sellable. They are advertise, advertising friendly. Ad advertisement friendly. Advertise, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's 11.05, forgive me. San Francisco's not that. Yeah, they're Silicon Valley, and it's San Francisco, and the Niners, and they have five Super Bowl rings next to their name. But they haven't won since, like, 1995, 1994, when Young tore apart the Chargers. They haven't won in almost 30 years. They were bad for a long time. They've been good for a while, too, but they, like, I think right now, crazy as it is, that Colin Kaepernick, pre-Chip Kelly era, just talking about him as a football player, his, his height of his career is probably the most bankable advertiser-friendly, that's what I'm trying to think of, Jesus, advertiser-friendly player they've had when they were beating the Packers and on their way to playing the Ravens. Now, after that, it's a whole muddy conversation we're not going to get into. But, 
Colin Kaepernick might be the most advertiser-friendly Niner player of the past 15 years. And this team is way better than those teams were. Like, Purdy better than Kaepernick, I'm sorry. Different players, skill sets different, but I would take Purdy over Kaepernick. I just would. I love Frank Gore. Greatest Niners running back ever, in my opinion. At their peak, I would take Chris McCaffrey. <laughs> I, I, I just would. Debo is better than Michael Crabtree. Ayuk is better than Randy Moss. <laughs> Kittle better than Vernon Davis, who's a great player. Probably, what, the third greatest tight end, second greatest tight end in this team's history. Defense of this Niners team is incredible. Talent everywhere. They're not advertiser-friendly, which is why Niner fans are scared. Like, they're confident. I'm confident we're going to win. We are going to win this game. I, If Kyle Shanahan can get drunk in front of millions of people at the podium, I have a right to be confident we're going to win this game. <laughs> Go watch his press conferences. My man is slurring his words. I don't know what he had in that coffee cup, but he was taking something. I don't know if it was a few puffs in a pass or it was, you know, some fireball. But my goodness, Kyle, he was, hey, everybody, you're having a great day out here. Bob Pudi's so good. It was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Kyle, take care of yourself, man. But even then, this Niners team is so quiet, confident, come in, do your job. And it's funny because what it really is, and this is what it actually is, they're just a team on a mission. That is like, look, nothing around us is going to distract us. The media don't care. Taylor Swift don't care. Like, Kelsey Mahomes, we don't care. Like, they are almost staring through them. They've stared through, what, 17 teams this year. 19 teams this year. With one more in their way. Because all their eyes can see is a Lombardi trophy. That's really what it comes down to. They don't get caught up in the moment. They don't bash other players, usually unless you're Debo Samuel. <laughs> but um, like they're a quiet team that respects their opposition, is not going to talk poorly against them, isn't very flashy. This comes in, does their job, wins a lot of games, puts up a lot of yards, doesn't do a lot of media, and is like, yeah, like I'm 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 a boring player. That just wants to play football. My name is Brock Purdy. <laughs> I'm a boring offensive player of the year, likely winner. My name is Chris McCaffrey. And it's not a bad thing. It just, when you see the NFL get behind Mahomes and get behind Kelsey and are like, Taylor Swift, I'm the problem, it's me. And you're like, oh my God. And then you find out she announced her new album coming out in April and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> like, this is going to happen where they're going to win. Then Kelsey's going to go on tour with her. And you're like, oh, like my fiance is going to be insufferable. She's even saying it's, 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 it's Taylor Swift's boyfriend, which whatever. But <laughs> I'm like, eh. um, okay. Okay. Do what you want. <laughs> Can I just watch football and not have to worry about people up in the booth? <laughs> Can I just watch football and be like, Hey, like, touchdowns and, and and runs and jukes and, and and wow that was awesome like i just want to hear scott hansen say are you ready for 12 hours of uninterrupted football magic and i'm like 
Yes, I am, Scott. Yes, I am. But look, there's one game left. Whether it's the refs, whether it's the NFL screwing with the field, or it's Taylor frickin' Swift. We have one podcast left prior to the Super Bowl. Just one. I'm nervous. I have goosebumps right now. Now I work in the media, so I you know had to watch all the highlights and had to watch all of the you know had to cover everything right for the radio station I work at. But I'm nervous. I I I am nervous as can be, confident as can be, but also nervous. Like my it's almost like my heart is like a WWE wrestler. As soon as that curtain opens, it's like you're walking out into the big boys. There's just gigantic crowds screaming your name. Like, can you face that music and survive? Can you live up for the moment? And, you know, on this show, I love wrestling. I love the stories it tells, how stupid it can be, um, and just how crazy it is, right? Whether it's John Cena or Stone Cold or, or The Rock, which... We have beef now, Dwayne. Let Cody finish his story, right? But we've, on this show, embraced the mantra, finish the story. That was brought on by Cody Rhodes. San Francisco has a chance to finish the story. And I'm sure, Jeff, this wasn't the exact way you thought this podcast was going to go, but... We have one more podcast until San Francisco finishes the story. It's weird to think about. It's weird to just sit back and be like, man, like this season has flown by. This season has also been the best I've ever covered in my short time, four years covering this team. It's my favorite team I've ever seen play. That goes back to the Harbaugh era, the Mariucci era. And now to the Shanahan era. A lot of good teams in there. My favorite players are on this team. Uh, besides Frank Gore. I love Frank Gore. <laughs> um, but this team has been magical to watch. They, they're very special. This team will be and will go down as one of the greatest teams ever in San Francisco 49er history. No matter the outcome in five days. But, Sunday, it's time to finish the story. It's time for this 85-episode season so far of a podcast that started back in OTAs and is going to end this Sunday. The show isn't over, I'm not saying that, I'm just saying this, this season, season four of the podcast, has been 85 episodes of building up to this moment of worried about refs and Taylor Swift and Bill Vinovich and the field at UNLV and every single Sunday, Monday, and Thursday and sometimes even Saturday. We've broken down every single game. And so, Jeff, others listening, watching on YouTube, don't get caught up in the refs and Taylor Swift and the practice field. Um, although all those things are valid to think about. No one's saying, don't think about those things. What I would say this, what I would say is this. Is that it's going to feel even better 
overcoming those odds of, hey, they have the refs on their side. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I have no idea. Sunday hasn't happened yet. The history would side with that being the case, but we will see. I, I think Brock Purdy said it best when he was asked tonight, you know, are you ready to ruin Taylor Swift's plans? His answer was yes. Yes, I am. This team is still unbothered by Taylor Swift and, and, and the refs and, and, and the field. They don't care. Neither should we. Yeah, as fans, you get riled up on certain things maybe the players don't care about. And, and, and vice versa, mind you. But this team has been Lombardi trophy-minded. <laughs> Super Bowl-focused for what? I don't know what that's been. Five, seven months now, eight months of the season. And I could even say for four years. Five years now, right? This team has prepared themselves for Sunday their whole lives. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But now it's time to finish the story. It's time to write a storybook end to a storybook season. You know, sometimes life isn't all fairy tales and, and rainbows and dragons and, and, you know, guys in shining armor and prince and princesses. It isn't always like that. Life is hard. Really, really hard. Um, but for the San Francisco 49ers, they have an entire part of the country that just needs a break. <laughs> that needs this. I need this. You need this that, like, the release of energy <laughs> we are going to collectively have. There's a reason why there are thousands of fans already in Vegas at media night chanting, Purdy, Purdy, Purdy. Niner fans want this so bad. They're going to spend $5,000 a, a, a seat, a ticket to make Sunday feel like a home game. So forget the refs, forget Taylor Swift, forget Bill Vinovich, forget UNLV's rainy field, forget the turf and all that garbage. You? Me? I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you are, who you are, where you've been, where you're going. We got one Sunday. One Sunday left. To give it all we can yelling at a TV screen. <laughs> But more importantly, to support this team, to get behind them, like you have been your whole life, like you have been since the day you fell in love with football and the 49ers. For me, it's been 27 years. For you, maybe it's 40. Maybe it's 28. Maybe you've seen five other championships. Maybe you've seen none like myself. Yeah, one more Sunday. Now, on Thursday... Maybe Friday morning, we will discuss and dive into how exactly I think the San Francisco 49ers will hoist a Lombardi trophy this Sunday. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. So forget the refs. Forget Taylor Swift. Oh my God. Like, just forget her. If she comes out of the booth for the halftime show to join Usher... That would be kind of awesome. She zip lines down like Shawn Michaels. 
just point out, you know, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Um, that's not going to happen, but that'd be pretty cool, right? But uh, just, again, I know it's been a kind of quiet ending to the podcast, but this Sunday, let's finish the story. Stay tuned for Thursday, Friday morning, because look, um, let me show you something for a second. I have, I have right here, if you can't see on YouTube and, and you're listening, I have right here a fantasy football championship belt was given to me this year because I managed my fiance's team, even though she didn't want to. And I managed them and my own team to the finals, and, and, and her freaking team beat mine. But when we win a Super Bowl this Sunday, this will no longer be a fantasy football league championship. I will raise this sucker high in the air. And look, that's real metal. Yeah, real. I will raise this high in the air. And like John Cena used to say, you want some, come get some. For the first time in 20 what? What is that? 94. 28 years. I can't do math. I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. I was not a math major. For 28 years, San Francisco has not been able to say this. And in five days, they finally will. When you enter a room, when you walk into a building, people say, who is that? Who is that? You can proudly say, the champ is here. So on Sunday, after we win the Super Bowl, I'm going to put this belt over my shoulder like this, and you're going to hear me yell and scream through this mic or on 95-7 the game for the first time since 1994, 1995, 28 years. The San Francisco 49ers aren't just Super Bowl champions. They are the undisputed champions of the NFL world. And when you walk into a room, you get to proudly proclaim the champ is here. How good will that feel? I can't wait. I can't wait. Stay tuned for Thursday. Stay tuned for Friday morning. Not sure the time just yet. I got a busy schedule, but I'm going to make time to tell you exactly why the San Francisco 49ers will knock off the Kansas City Chiefs and raise the Lombardi Trophy and proudly proclaim themselves as Super Bowl champions. So stay tuned later this week. Thank you for watching, listening. Jeff, don't worry, my friend. We're going to make it. And we're going to be just fine. Yell through your TV, wherever you are, with your friends, your family. And when the game is over, you will hopefully confidently get to say, the champ is here. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Leave that review whether it's on youtube give us a like you can always take it away later if you're like oh, i don't like that video anymore give us a like now and in two months when they already won a championship and no one cares about bill vinovich and taylor swift you can take the like away no worries no hard feelings on the podcasting platforms leave a review give us five stars say whatever you want in the comments i could care less you can say Poop, poop, pee, pee for all I care. Just give us five stars. Tell us how much you love the show if you want to. And down in the comments on YouTube, tell us how worried you are about Taylor Swift and Bill Vinovich and the refs. Or how angry you are towards the NFL 
and having the practice facility not ready to go for the freaking Super Bowl. How you not got a fix already? I mean, come on. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's just do your job. Get your job done, okay? It's not that hard. Anyways, you can follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access is the X or Twitter. 49ers dot access is the Instagram. If you want to go to a concert, baseball game, football game, NBA game, does not matter. Use our promo code 49ers access, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. My name is Sterling Bennett. And until Tuesday or Thursday, excuse me, until Thursday or Friday, well, it's freaking Super Bowl week. And stay faithful.